0: Goes by, by, So slowly, slowly time goes by, by, by. So slowly, slowly
1: time goes by, by, by. So slowly, slowly time goes by, by, by. Hi, this is Kenny. And so this is Mark. Slowly, and this is all I want to do is so talk about Madonna
2: Season 5. Yeah, goddess.
1: Nothing lasts forever.
2: Album twelve,
0: track one. Hung.
2: happy to see you.
1: So happy to see you. Not that I haven't seen you a lot. Yeah, we've been spending like... a lot of time
2: together
1: <laughs> 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 our summer break wasn't our, a break
2: from each other. We had
1: some breaks from each other. We yeah. there was a few weeks, especially after we finished the season
2: where yeah. we didn't really see each other. Maybe it was like a month. It's like we're robbers, and like the second we commit the robbery, we have to like separate <laughs> for like <laughs> weeks at a time. <laughs> well,
1: I think last season was was a was a hard season to get, yeah. you know, for yeah. us for myriad reasons. But um, but no, we've had some really really fun times together oh over this um, uh, time away. Oh, my God. And uh, some of the greatest times, I'd say, in our friendship and, um, and our friend group. So much fun. Um, and what a great way to lead into this gorgeous album and first song. And um, I'm just so excited to be here
2: and well, And, this. and uh, to talk about we, why we're, call, we're talking, we're going to call the season Goddess, Nothing Lasts Forever, because this really is the beginning of a very, like, untouchable time where yes. Madonna is just the Madonna machine and everything about Madonna is like churning ahead. Yes. And she's doing that thing that she does the best, which is moves forward, continues to change, continues to challenge herself and by extension us.
1: Yes, which is what we're going to look at this season and our season is...
2: Uh, two thousand, The end of 2005 through 2009. Right. We're going to be doing... Confessions on a dance floor, and hard candy, and hard candy,
1: and the two tours in between, and whatever, and a few other ancillary
2: sillinesses that happen in between. Hey Kenny, do you want to sing "Hey You" to get us started? Hey you. (laughs) (laughs) I knew you were going to just jump into it. Here we go, season
1: five.
0: Hey you. (laughs) Oh
2: God! All right, enough. (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's something to look forward to. It is. It is.
3: Yes, I would say that Madonna's new record is is um brilliant. Music news. <laughs>
1: yes, and for this for this album we both thought we would take like two or three minutes each maybe a little longer you know we're not so good with the time um and just sort of share our thoughts about this album going in yes and then we can see you know how and those can be then conversation pieces as we move forward through this season and through this album specifically yeah so, I'm going to start just with some ideas that I had or initial thoughts. This is really like all over the place, but I'm just sharing. Um, and I welcome your sharing. Thank you. You're welcome. I feel safe and included. I'm in this so
2: space. glad. I'm so glad.
1: <laughs> um, all right, Confessions on a Dance Floor. First, I need to just say this up front that I kind of hate the name of this album. It's not as clever or as resonant as other album titles to me. And it's the first album that hasn't been also the name of a song, right? Which I think is interesting. We don't get another album with a track title until Rebel Heart. So this whole season are like names of albums that aren't connected directly. They're they're bigger ideas, Um, but I don't want anybody to get me wrong because like I adore this album. I'd say it's one of my top five, not even top five. I'd say it's like erotica and then confessions like are probably, and then music. It's probably third, Ray of Light. I don't know. I could go on and on. But into um, my ear, it's as fresh now as it was in 2005. It's like aged beautifully. I don't feel like it's actually aged at all. It's sort of like it's like it's it's beyond time. As opposed to the last two albums, like um, Music and American Life, which I think were sort of rough and tumble productions. They were sort of like trying to get to something raw and gritty. This is like slick, like slick, 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 slippery so shiny and layered it has depth but it's smooth on the surface like a gem it's like really enticing in that way when this album came out i was going through a high point of my like traditional playwriting career and a low point in my personal relationship i escaped into this album a lot during this time i got me out of bed into the gym and to and from teaching artist work and into rehearsals and through lonely nights and into bars and clubs for nights out trying to stretch into some new single version of myself and i was like 35 36 during this time i had no idea what the fuck i was doing this was also a time I remember very clearly of MP3 players like, and so I had this weird one. I think it was like a Rio. I can't even really remember what it was, but it had like, I feel like the first one I had could have like 32 songs. And I thought that was amazing. Then 48, then 120 songs or whatever. And then you got to some point where you realized like that still wasn't enough songs. You know, I was, I spent so much time like on the MP3 player, like app, like, taking songs off and putting songs on every day so i had a fresh mix but confessions was a and that album i think was maybe one of the first albums i bought digitally because i definitely i don't have a hard physical copy of the album which i know you do have the cds which are gorgeous and of course i when i think about this album i think of the terror of her accident Mm when she fell and the panic, which is not dissimilar to the moment that we're currently in, in the moment as we're recording this of like, is she, or isn't she okay? How could her body betray her? What happened to her body? You know? Um, And, um, but back to the album, sonically, um, it's like, so, phenomenally beautiful lyrically it's compelling it's a spiritual album in disguise which i know we're going to talk about a lot i think get together future lovers jump how high isaac could be and are continuations of themes in american life the fragility of life the need to seize the moment love as the center of a higher power the light the illusions of the physical material material world the beckoning us to take action to jump to accept her invitation to join her in the light the wondering of can we connect these things that are getting in our way or get them out of our way a lot of people feel that this is madonna's last great album Mm. and that may be true I think it may be for now her last great cohesive album, like sonically the clarity of it, even though Mirway had like a big clear vision for both American life and music, they're still lopsided in a lot of ways. Um, I think that having one single producer throughout, you know, with within Stuart Price who was interested in a slick sound was so satisfying in the way they connected it into one beautiful, you know, moving thing. Um, And so I'm going to just savor this as like this moment that we have in Madonna's career where we have this thing that delivers everything we ever wanted in a Madonna album and gives us more. I think we're gonna call it a certain, I'm gonna call it like a certain apex or a gift that at the time we appreciated and praised and that over time has become something really unbreakable.
2: Mm. That was beautiful, Kenny. Thanks, Mark. You're welcome, you're welcome. Um, Confessions on a Dance Floor for me feels like both a door opening and a door closing. Uh, So many people that I have talked to over the years, um, this was their Madonna um, entry, um, particularly younger fans. It's Confessions on a Dance Floor. And in so many ways, I feel like this is an album that on the surface, like you said, it delivers everything we want, we expect a Madonna album to be. It's full of dance. It's full of hooks. Um, her voice is so, it, 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 it lives in that sweet spot of belted yearning. Um, there's still that yearning in the voice, always mm. throughout the whole album. Every song, even the more defensive ones, have the yearning that I, um, that I first connected with when I heard Open Your Heart in, mm. in 1986. Um, she is there and it's, twi- uh, you know, it's almost 20 years later and she's reconnected with that. But it's also a door closing in a lot of ways because it does feel like the end of, the, the, there is definitely an, a conclusion to a previous era with this. Um, some of that does, I think, have to do with the way it sounds. Um, and in some ways, Confessions on a Dance Floor's time is returning um, we have people like Dua Lipa. We have people like who Stuart Price obviously worked with. We have a kind of disco renaissance happening now. I mean, uh, Kylie Minogue has a record called Disco. You know, Beyonce's record R- R- Renaissance in many ways evokes a kind of all dance nonstop, athon that you know Confessions on a Dance Floor pretty much pioneered, um, and I think that it it's an album that feels very. Um, timeless in the same way you felt. I remember when I first got it, um, I was newly sober in New York. Uh, I probably bl- bl- been sober about a less than a year. Not even less, six months, probably six months because it came out in the fall of 2005 and um, and I had lost a lot of my uh, my social life because most of the people I went out with were drinking friends, and so I was really trying to grapple with how do I put my toes back into the going out and being out and going to clubs and stuff because I mean confessions on a dance floor demands a dance floor you have to, you can't you can't sit alone and and listen to it you have to go out and be with people and 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 for me this album was so important because it was a kind of, it was deeper than the usual dance stuff that we were hearing at the time. Um, and And I just remember thinking, gosh, this is like a textured Swedish, the Swedish sound that was permeating all over the place at that time. And I'm like, God, it's so much deeper. It's so much more textured. It's got so much more, um wit and wisdom in it it's a very wise album and i just remember it pulling me along to go out and to feel like i could go out and be sober while i was out in the world and um and it wouldn't diminish my fun um and my ability to connect with bodies on the floor which was really important to me at that time i mean i was in my you know i was in my late 20s i was about to turn 30 and it was a it was a really pivotal time for me in terms of like am i going to be able to do this and so it came like like always madonna's albums arrived right when i needed it to and um and i also feel like it's an album that in so many ways um is both a kind of a, a treatise for life and also a but also a celebration of it in a way that i remember at that time we were in the aftermath still of like the the Iraq war and you know George Bush and there were so many bad things happening and um i think it's weird because this album doesn't feel like a gay record to me and so many people count it as madonna's like one of madonna's dance gay records and it's not really one of those and it really was capturing a a kind of there's something conservative about it in this interesting way because it she 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 both is flirting with gay queer stuff but she's also making a very like straight guy british album in this in this interesting way and I really want to I'm really looking forward to exploring how that may be true or maybe not true as we go through the conversation we're going to have about it. And, um, and yeah, I just, when we we listened to this album together, um, and it was so much fun, and we were so, I was so dazzled by how energetic, how much energy just courses through it, all, the whole way, the whole way through. Even a song as beautiful and as meditative as Forbidden Love, which I, I just love, well, I, I, there's still so much in it that I'm just like yeah it just you lift out of your seat all the time when you're listening to the album and even to this day, I mean, I was listening to the Sorry remixes yesterday while I was running and and um I was singing along as I was running down running through the park and people were like you go with it keep singing and it's like it's like you share you can still share it. And and it and the the energy of this album is is um, contagious even when people can't hear it themselves. And that's that's what I'm excited about. Mm-hmm.
1: I love that. Yeah, just going back to that afternoon where we were like, let's play the album and just talk about it as we're listening. Like, the energy was undeniable. I think I got up and started to dance at some point and you wanted to take some video, which I refused. I but, know. But I, know. I really couldn't help myself. I just had to get up and move. I mean, the album, I think that's, you know, when we think about the history, the, what she was doing at the time where she was making the album, and she's talked about this a lot, like she was editing, Um, I, I'm i going to tell you a secret. Yeah. Um, And so this was sort of like the release valve, you know, like the like she would go with to Stewart's place after working on the edit all day and just wanted to have fun and let go. And, you know, and I think this is key to Madonna, like she needs an opposing force to like sort of push her into this other place that's like wild, but also like... I only have this amount of time. Let's get shit done. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And I just need to party, but I I can only do it for 45 minutes tonight, Stuart.
2: But I'll do it at at a level that nobody else can get to for those 45 minutes.
1: I'm going to put all of the things I'm feeling that I don't have a place to put out in the rest of my life because her life is so full
2: at this time. It's a very structured time. It's a very,
1: yeah. And so within that, when she, like, I think to your point about her voice, like, it holds all of that, you know, she saves yeah. it for these recordings, oh. you know.
2: Well, and and I love, I mean, so obviously um, w- one of the great interviews from this time is the one in, in Attitude Magazine in the UK uh-huh. where they actually sit in, in the studio, in this yeah. all-white studio in, like, Stuart Price's attic. And it reminded me of the Erotica Studios where they recorded that in the city where it was, like, this grungy Hell's Kitchen, like hovel and it feels that same kind of way she needs to forget she's madonna yeah and just fucking do the work and i think that the albums the cohesiveness you talked about on the album really is about that too it's it's like it's this concentrated like intense writing period
1: yeah and and not even you know she talks about it oh we just started to experiment we weren't even trying to make an album which i also love about this too that it sort of came upon her as she was trying to do all these other projects which were much more serious yeah felt more yeah more serious to her yeah um yeah and yet
2: not because i mean l- let's talk a little bit about those projects um yeah. so yeah. she was writing two musicals one was a film two two f- movie musicals um which i thought was really a weird it was was not a sex... I mean, Chicago had been out a few years, the the film version of Chicago. So it wasn't like a time when like, oh, everyone's making movie musicals. So the fact she was working on these was really interesting. And one was that Luke Besson... Besson movie where she was going to play a woman um on her deathbed looking back on her life and each of the there'd be sections from all these different eras Yeah, and that's kind of where hung up kind of came in during the the yeah. 70s section and then the other one which i thought was really interesting was the the Hello Suckers musical uh-huh. uh wh- wh- by wh- about Tess McGuinn and uh, G- Ginan and and her this fabulous Character from the twenties who was like uh she she was in film for a while she also was like the queen of the speakeasies during prohibition and um she's actually a character that um apparently was the character Velma Kelly was based on mm. when they made the original play Chicago in the late twenties early thirties so and uh, w- what is it about Madonna in this era that she's so upset because this this is like the third time she's kind of interacted with this 20s i think a bloodhound's a broadway yeah, yeah like what is it about this i mean is it the style is it the songs is it the what is it about this that really gets yeah. her juices flowing maybe she's not obsessed with it but like it definitely inspires her
1: yes for sure i mean i think style wise it was a very specific style it was also in a way enough of a a throwback that we don't really have any direct connection to it so mm. there's something romantic about it oh but I,
2: yeah I love that
1: I also think that there's um, there were a lot of female role models from that time that are strong and interesting that she can Sink her teeth into a reinterpreter. She yeah. can recognize herself in them. Yeah, I mean?
2: and, and they're breaking out of the traditional roles, yes, a lot yes. of them. And, and Tess was very much that character. Um, and so I, I'm really like, uh, I, I think it's a fascinating idea for a musical, and I, I can see why Madonna did it. There was obviously a precursor. To this movie musical. Yes. Um, which was, and I'm obsessed with this. There was a musical, a film base, a movie, a musical, a stage show written by this guy named Wilson Stone. And it was called Hello Suckers, which yes. is also the title of Exclamation the, Point. Which is her her saying, which is Tess's saying is Hello Suckers. <laughs> um, and it starred Martha Ray in <laughs> the summer Sorry, of 1969. Toward the country, um, it had played the which uh, for for my uh, my friends who know I love Betty Buckley uh, from Texas. It played the Casa Rosada, um, the, um, Texas in, in and Ant- in Fort Worth, Texas. It played that theater. It, um, in the spring of 1969, and then it toured the summer, and then closed on the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there
1: are some recordings from some of the song, the live recordings of of her singing a couple of the songs, which you know make a good case for why it closed out of town. <laughs> <laughs>
0: As the self-distanced Was it madness? Was it falling? Near? Did I win or lose the game? All I know is, from that moment, I believe. Martha Ray. <laughs> Listen,
1: we all got it. You know, you never know. A you job know. is a job. You never
2: know. Summer of 69 was a tumultuous time. It was great to have work and to be. Yeah. A, femi- a, feminist di- a feminist leading role. Basically yeah. the new Hello Dolly.
1: Listen, every show starts with the possibility of greatness. Yes, you know? yes.
2: So, um, so, but this and, and it does make me think to myself: It's like God, what if this had been a huge hit and she was making the film version of of Hello, Suckers? That would have been interesting, you know.
1: Well, I, I was like, <laughs> I was like, I. Well, I thought when you when you shared all of that info with me about this original musical that that's what she was doing, like an updated version of the musical. But um, yeah, just interesting that she was taking the same ideas and building off of them, which is very Madonna. I think it's interesting too, like. <clears throat> Excuse me, that she does these two, she's working on these two projects. Yeah. This is right after or during or, be, you know, be, before, during, and after the reinvention tour. Yeah. <clears throat> she's looking for her next step. She's still trying to think about, like, how do I gain my footing, regain my footing as a film. Actress or in the yeah. film world, yeah. right? And at this time, she's like, "Oh, maybe the best way to do that is okay." Avita was like my most successful film, and that was working, a musical, musical, yeah. and so maybe I should work in building into that more, which I yeah. think seems like a very smart, logical step.
2: And the other thing about the both of the projects is, is the character would morph and change, yeah, and and, and Tess also had a lot of different role, like like lots, um, um. Uh, periods of life, so she yeah. she kept changing and reinventing. These are women that didn't stay still, and also the Luke Besson musical, she would have changed as it as it went along. Right. So it, I, I I see that there's all that connective tissue. Yeah, for that
1: chameleon like thing. But I think what I love is that she didn't like either of these, and she had the guts, you know, which is very Madonna to say like. I don't think either of these are working, and to sort of scrap them, you know? But scoop up a bunch of songs. But there's still shit in here that is good, and I want to push into more, right? Which I love. But this is also, like, you know, we talked about, oh, her last acting role was in Die Another Day. But, you know, Madonna didn't know that in 2002, or 2004, 2005, she was still on the road of, like, I'm going to... But it is through the scrapping of these projects that she starts to go, what if I worked behind the scenes? Yeah. Because in every interview for this cycle,
2: she talks about, I want to direct a film. I want to direct a film. I was just going to say like, that was the, and and she's very matter of fact about it. It's not like, well, we'll see. It's going to happen. She's like, it's going to happen. I'm going to direct a movie.
1: And I think in a way, you know, look, I think, we can have different opinions, or or there can be lots of opinions about her the quality of her
2: directing work or her, our interest in that.
1: Yeah, but in a way, it's like a better role
2: for her. Well, you I think I think there's a lot of uh, resistance against when you're in development and you're a writer. You do have to kind of wait for the director to sign on, yeah. and that's kind of like. I think there's that perception, and she's married to a director. She knows a lot of directors. It's like, once we have a director, we can green light it. Yeah. And I'm sure studios are saying that's so just like, well, then I'll be the director and green light it. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, and I also think uh, it's really unlocked when she decided to commit to that idea, it's really unlocked a lot of different kinds of work. Yeah. She, she, she's, she's, you know, if you think about all the different things that she, um, has optioned over the years. I mean, there, the, Robert Plunkett is coming back into the news. Robert Plunkett was this avant-garde uh, queer writer. He has a book called The Search for Warren Harding that's a back out. Um, New Directions is publishing it. And his second book, um, which is about a, uh, a housewife who becomes obsessed and manages the career of a gay porn star, uh-huh. Madonna optioned that movie, oh. that book. For years, she had the option on that book, and so she has a bunch of these like weird book-related. I know there's an Andrew Sean Greer book that she won't get release the option of. So, so it it unlocked these other creative interests that she could because it's not tied to her having a role.
1: Right. Yeah. So that's been really interesting.
2: Um, So she starts working with Stuart Price, but there was there was also this really interesting I heard a rumor around this time that she met briefly with Martin Gore from Depeche Mode about possibly working together,
3: which I thought was a really exciting. I was like, whoa, that would have been amazing. I, I met Stuart Price when I was looking for a keyboard player for my Drowned World Tour. Actually Mirwes suggested him to me. He uh, played a, a record that he had uh, made called Jacques Lecante. and I loved it and I was told that he was very cheeky and uh, talented and I said bring him on so he came to play keyboards for me and then I fired my musical director uh, and then Stuart stepped up to the plate and he became my musical director and then since then we've just been writing songs together and collaborating on stuff and um it's been a great musical relationship
0: so what was the biggest challenge for you both when you were making the album
3: the biggest challenge for me when i was working with stuart was not falling asleep on the couch because he's got a really comfy couch in the studio and i was very tired from editing my film so i would come to his loft where the studio is and I would lay down on it to like, write my lyrics and he'd start playing music and I'd, when I focus on music like, it actually puts me in a trance. So I was very tired and I had to keep sort of, I could, suddenly Stuart would be standing over me going, wake up! So, um, uh, And the other part was actually trying to remember that we were working because we had so much fun together.
2: Stuart Price, obviously, we talked about him a lot last season, but he's the only person whose musical directed two of her tours. Yeah. And and wound up doing even more with the three, actually, because he does confessions. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, he's also the last of the of the singular yes. collaborators. Yes. Yeah. This is this is the last time that she works with one producer.
1: Yes. Pretty consistently, yeah, for sure. And like I said, you know, earlier, like it shows. It shows in the cohesiveness of the album. I think you know a little more about Stuart Price. Yeah. One of the, the some of the things I love about Stuart Price is that he has all these other names,
2: <laughs>
0: which is very just
2: like, just like Madonna.
1: <laughs> like he's the Thin White Duke. He's yes. Le Digitals Rhythm Rhythm Rhythmness. He's um, Paper Faces because yeah. you know, and then he as his. Um, his group that i love um is zoot woman yeah yeah um and they have two songs that i just want to highlight for a second because i think they're <laughs> important for us to think about but also they're just fabulous songs one is automatic
0: yeah do you know that song yeah i do yeah I right, got just a feeling it. It's
1: I think it's such a catchy tune and I could listen to it all day and I, l- I just love the rhythm in it and I, I love the voice, the quality of the voice yeah. that
2: the, well, the singer does. And I remember like going crazy trying to find stuff about like at that time because the yeah. internet was had arrived yeah. and so uh, easy access to the internet so I would like look up stuff because I was so hungry for the new Madonna album. Like yeah. what's it going to sound like? Maybe it'll sound like Zoot Woman. Right. Well, <laughs> yeah. why,
1: And it kind of does yeah. you know. Yeah. And then um Later, they had this song called Gray Day. Do you know that song? No. I'm going to play you a bit oh. of it right
0: No relief from this blue melody The right words escape me Love you go down Love is a race now
1: Different than automatic, it's like not. It's it's heavier, it's moodier, it's more um, '80s kind of synth, synth, uh, goth synth. But I love it. It always makes me move.
2: Well, and it also has it. It also has that like it captures that element of confessions on a dance floor, which is kind of the darker. Yeah, like in Forbidden it. Love. Yeah, or, yeah, totally,
1: totally. And then, you know, as I was doing another, like looking around for Stuart Price stuff, he does this great DJ set for Fabric Live. It's Fabric Live 09. It starts with his great cover that he does with Mere Ways of the Rolling Stone song Miss You. <laughs>
2: Fabulous,
1: but pretty fun and kind of punk.
2: And I love that they're, like, friends. Everyone's friendly.
1: Yeah. Everyone.
2: Everyone's everyone's a friend.
1: Well, as we get into, like, the remixes for this album, so many of them are done by British DJs and producers who are clearly friends with Stuart Price, yeah. who well, was also... Well, Stuart does. I mean, yeah. this
2: is all... that. This was the other thing I found, uh, I kind of realized about Stuart Price. He really is the only producer who actually does remixes of his own songs...
0: Yeah, on the album yeah.
2: for the cycle. I mean Shep Pettibone obviously yeah. did some after the fact, did other songs, but nobody's really done their own. Well, I mean, he, William he, Morbitt
1: he, did like one of the Ray of Light remixes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. But he does almost every like every, half every the record song he yeah. remixes. Yeah, which is pretty fun. Well, he was an active DJ though. He didn't love DJing. No, um no, but, no. but he he was a DJ on the scene. And Madonna calls him a DJ frequently. Yeah. Which yeah. probably bristle makes him bristle but.
2: well now i mean you know since this he i mean he did Ky- kylie minogue's aphrodite record which is really brilliant he did yeah. scissor sisters night yes. work i mean i just think about the last like 15 years of pop music and dance music and Stuart price's fingers i mean yes. again dua lipa it's like been transformative for her
1: yeah and he also he has these great remixes of like there's a killer song he does a remix of he yeah. has a cold play song that's phenomenal yeah no his remixes are always part of what i love about them is they're sweet they don't um they don't shy away from the sweetness of the music of the, the heart. Pop, yeah the heart yeah. yeah and the and the I, I yeah yeah i would say the heart like I, I would say honest in a way like the easy chords but it's like it's full it's fresh it's sweet it it's pulling you in it's getting you to feel like kind of euphoria yeah. in the music which which we hear a lot in this album
2: well and, and and you know there are a couple of other collaborators on the album that are Swedish and they they're these they're much colder kind of analytical kind of songwriting and he, so I think Stewart kind of softens all of that yeah, up, for sure. along with Madonna and mm-hmm. I also think that like she he, uh, she always says this in the interviews, he makes her laugh a lot. And so that's what makes the vocals and the songwriting so effortless or seeming so effortless because they're just having fun. Yes. He's a bloke. He's a bloke, Kenny.
1: He's a bloke. You know how I feel about Stuart. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But listen, I think as far as fun goes, we can't get much more fun than hung up. Like, like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, again, ultimately for me, an assignment song, meaning I don't think this is about like her waiting for, you know...
2: A phone call? For, I think it is about her well, waiting for a phone well, call. It is about
1: Madonna back with the phone, <laughs> yes, for sure. No one fucking returns her calls. But it's not I about... Was like,
2: she's been waiting... She, I've been waiting to write this song my whole life. <laughs> but it's not
1: about Guy. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't feel specifically about... No. It's like, um, yeah, it's about waiting for some... somebody or something... <laughs> that's going to, you know, um, t- you know, that
2: is uh, taking up her time. Um, but, well, and her time is valuable. There's kind yes. of this idea, you know, and let's talk about the song. Let's yes. Talk, let's listen to a little bit of it. Oh my god! I love this song so much. Yes, so much. I think it's in my top
1: five. I understand it is in mine too. Yeah, Um, and uh, I never tire of hearing of it. Like when it when it if it shows up randomly on my you know mixes or whatever, I'm like, oh yeah, and I just go for it. Um, It all it's so strong there's really it's that you know besides the hook the bass line the rhythm everything and her vocals it's just such a strong song it's a powerhouse it's like a wall of sound if you want to use that yeah
2: yeah well and and i love that um there's so much going on in it and um and yet it can't madonna is always leading the charge even even yeah. when the hook kicks in and when the sample is is going madonna's always in charge of the song and there's this anthemic quality to it yeah that makes it it's both about a very specific um situation but it's also it has that restless energy that going out and clubbing gives you. It's like, can we just get in? It's like, I feel like they're in the, it it captures that moment when you're waiting in line to get into a club. It's like, are we going to get in? What's going to happen? What do I have to do? What do I have to say? Like, let's go, let's go, let's go.
1: I mean, the whole album and of course the song, starts with uh, a ticking clock yeah which is like yes it gives us i mean a ticking clock is a ticking clock it's like we only have this amount of time and yeah. we're going to use it and this is what we're going to do with this time and if we don't dot 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 right and in this case i think the ticking clock is both real like it's actually driving the song it's the rhythm of the song yeah but it is also this metaphor for madonna of like you know we only have four minutes to save the world this is what are we going to do with our time what are you going to do with your time i recognize how old i am where i am in my life I don't have time to waste, you know. Let's go for it. You yeah. Know? And the album is really like. And art. neither do you. And right. neither do you. Right. So let's let's fucking let's, let's fucking, fucking do it. it. Yeah. I think that that ticking clock, though, I want to say, comes from a. You know, I think it's kind of stolen from another Stuart Price remix of what you, What are you waiting for? the yeah, Gwen From Stefani. From Gwen song. Stefani. Because yeah. in that that starts with that same ticking clock. I feel like, in a, which was a couple years earlier.
0: Yeah.
1: And, um, and you know, Gwen Stefani had been, like, at the peak of her game right before this. I think there is something that's sort of taken from that, which is familiar, but also, like,
2: you know... It subverts it right away with the ABBA sample. Yes. And, I mean, how big of an ABBA fan are, were you at, at when this...
1: I'm, like, a casual ABBA fan. Like, I love ABBA, but I never... Um, like, I knew this hook and I knew Gimme 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 and I know like the hits but I've never listened to a full ABBA album except the Greatest Hits album. Yeah, Do you gr- know what that I mean?
2: gold album. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't know it. I didn't know this hook. I didn't know Gimme Gimme. Oh. um uh and i i kind of knew like the the three abba songs you know dancing queen and other but i i wasn't like very into them uh when i was growing up and we didn't have a lot of i mean they played a, a couple of songs every uh, at the clubs yeah. it was the same ones yeah. so I was like oh my god and obviously Madonna had to write them a letter yeah. um, imploring them to let it, them use oh, the sample did not she love to
1: read that letter
2: oh my god well she probably just said you know I grew up listening to you and I love you and you know da 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 and then
1: she played the song for and them and then like she played she you know
3: um, well she asked us so nicely did she, you know? she through, did her, have, through
1: seven, five lawyers or actually the, no no
3: no no Huh. Herself and She did? Uh, What'd she say? Hi, this is Madonna? No, there was a nice little letter uh, And uh, her her assistant came over with, I said, we can't, how can we say yes to this unless we hear the song? Ooh.
0: So so Ba-ba. she came over
3: with the record We listened to it was a great record It is a good recording And she, she came said, yeah, over sure. where? To Sweden? Yeah So sure So we said, yeah, fine So we, she, they, she could use it, yeah but we split the copyright.
1: The sample makes it impenetrable. Like yeah. it, it is be it is undeniable because that, that sample is so fucking gorgeous and wild and you can't get it out of your head. Yeah. You know? Um and it does really land the song and it, it also gives the song, which is in my favorite Madonna songs, like history and context. And so it's like it's fresh, but it's also Old, you Timeless. know, time, you know, yeah. and so it it's it's sort of places this song into, yeah, it's really forward thinking and backward looking at the same time in a way that's like so exciting. And you know, now we have so many songs that are just built on riffs from other yeah. songs. I think all so like there's all this you know renaissance of Elton John songs that are like built on the bass of all yeah, Elton yeah, John songs yeah. or courses,
2: um, which all grab me. As well. Well, because you know I mean? it's familiar and stuff. Yeah. I mean yeah. but but for this, that this this felt so fresh and yes. so new and it wasn't the same old thing. I also I also love there's a campiness to that sample that gives the song yeah. a little bit of a fabulosity that yes. that may it may not necessarily have and a sense of humor.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think it is pretty funny because it's a funny sound, but it's also like a sound that's like a a call to the dance floor or a beckoning, and or there's like a urgency to it. That yeah, it's like oh, a, I it's love like that a, song. Let's go, let's go. Yeah, it's like yeah. a it's like a bugle call or like yeah. a, you know what I mean. It's like get it, get go, 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 get up, get up, get up. Yeah, um, which I think is so fun too.
2: Well, and uh, let's talk about the lyrics a little bit because you know my one of my favorite things in the, like I don't know how she pulls off ring. ring Ring, ring goes the telephone. The lights are on, but yeah, there's no one home. <laughs> like, I just, because it reminds me of like Impressive Instant again. It's like ringy, ringy, ringy. And I was like, but there's something she's such a goddess to, to her like she's she's just ethereal well, in this
1: I mean we have to if we're going to talk about the lyrics we have to go back to the first verse which is lifted right from love song her own song from, I know with Prince um, and that she uses those lyrics to build off of which I love too and it also tells us if you are a Madonna fan that this is not a love song yeah, right. So here we are again in this sort of liminal space you know, you know where it's like, well, I'm it, it's about love, it, it could be about love, but it's really
2: about impatience and yeah. urgency and yes. I and, mean, and it comes back to like and it reminds me always of open your heart too because mm-hmm. it goes back to that it's that same uh um I it, it's about the pursuit as much as the prey. Yeah. And so it's really not really about whoever's on the other end of the line it's the fact that they they call
1: or that they're not calling and like we're and, gonna do and this i am fed up yeah yeah. i think this comes to me and it connects most to open your heart to me in that way because i love that comparison um in the bridge which uh, by the way we haven't had a fucking bridge in a madonna song welcome to the bridge that bridge, and it only <laughs> happens once.
2: No, yeah, and it's gone. It's gone. Well, that—that's the—that's the power of it. It's—it's it's like you wait for that bridge to come back. I waited yes. for it to come back. I'm like, oh, it's gonna come back.
1: But it doesn't need to because, and 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 it's like it gives you everything in Madonna's voice that you uh, want. It breaks the song open in a way that takes it to this level of like ecstasy that I I just don't cry for me. Oh I'll find yes. My, oh oh my god I, and and you know when we talk about the live performances she always can deliver that part Yeah, like yeah. that's so and that's another thing about the vocals are they're so in her pocket and that's what Stuart Price again similar to like what Pat Leonard understood early you know from being her tour director or the the musical director for the first couple tours and then coming in as producer. He's familiar
2: with what she can do. He knows and how, so he how to work her voice. It around. Yeah. And that's the thing I think that, you know, for anybody who was like thrown by the sound or the sample or whatever, the voice was, was the reassurance of, oh my God, Madonna. There yeah. Madonna, there she is. It's, yeah. all the good stuff is right there distilled.
1: Yes, yes. And after like going through a cycle where like the biggest banger that we had was Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. I think this is this is like such a relief. Such you know? a
2: real and a release. A, release. a release. We yeah. were ready. Yeah. Um can we talk about the breakdown a little bit yeah because I think another secret to the success of this song is you've got this impenetrable hook but the song the pieces of the song keep changing uh-huh. kind of like the merway songs did where it was like you didn't know quite where it was going to go next and when it breaks down and you just have kind of that bass, yeah yeah and it's this gorgeous like um Restless it's it's it captures the like, I love it. And I love when, and it the, too. And then when the when the the beep comes in again, you're just like, ugh.
1: Yeah, I love it too. It really, it's kind of well. It's the only place the song can go after that bridge. Meaning, yeah. like, it, there's we have to reset because that was too much. It's too,
2: much. Was, too much. It was
1: too much. Too much. You
2: have to reapply in the bathroom at right. the club because i like, sweated it all off. Right. It's like, okay,
1: guys, I I actually can't breathe. We need to like slow down and <laughs> just take a breath and like just let's get back to basics. think that that breakdown I cannot separate from the images from the video and I think that's one of the the great powers of this whole song and this whole moment is that again like we were just through a cycle where there were no like Images that you know, Hollywood, yeah, you can sort of think about that when you're hearing the song, but it can also sort of fade out. American Life was a complicated one, and there really wasn't any, you know, blood perfusion. I'm not counting as a video. Um, and so, like, like there wasn't <laughs> we really. Hope, we hope Luke Besson brings his movie back someday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. His, his makeup movie. Um, but well, like, we should
2: thank him, though, because without this, we wouldn't have hung up because they needed to make right. a disco song right. for the 70s. Okay, thank you, Luke. Thank you, Luke Besson.
1: Uh, to Luc the video. Besson.
2: Well, that, that green shirt she's wearing in the video, as they move through the cl- yeah. like against that wall, and it's that slow motion, and it's sexy, so sexy. Should we talk about the video? The of video. course. So this style time, she's wearing a lot of fake eyelashes made oh. of like like peacock quills oh. and silk and and then lots of dangly fabulous earrings and yes. and um necklaces lots of like
0: oh,
1: god. things the like the dragonfly necklace that she wears <laughs> in all of the um all of the interviews oh She's my like this is my lucky god. necklace oh my god but, she, but also like the crystals that are on her eyes the rhinestones, rhinestones all of the different yes. things oh. the
2: strappy sandals or oh. the don't fuck with me boots oh, i can't tucked into the i jeans. can't even breathe
1: it's just so gorgeous no, so gorgeous
2: it's a great style Adrian Phillips man Ariane Ariane Phillips man she has taken center
1: stage she is she yeah Madonna's just like do with me what you will yeah. yes 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 there's one day like when she's doing promo which she did so much fucking promo for this uh, album I,
2: I don't i mean we could have gotten second jobs just monitoring the promo for this fucking cycle
0: yeah
1: there was one day where she did like five events and she had a different outfit for each event <laughs> And like she, every outfit was a 100, 110. Yeah. Yeah, You know, like every outfit was flawless, perfect, gorgeous. And I was like,
2: Damn, like, and we don't ever get this again, you know. There's no, 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 d- no, 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 like- no, 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 <laughs> no. It's, it's like shocking, it's like shocking, but but I have a, I have a, let put a pin in that, that yeah. diversity of, of clothes because I have something else I want to bring up later, okay? Then. Okay, um, so the video obviously, yeah, yeah. we should talk about this accident. So Madonna on yeah. her birthday, yeah. tried to ride a horse that everyone said she should ride, but she'd never had experience it wasn't riding her horse, she's wasn't
1: very clear her about that every time she Says that I'm like whoever that person whose horse it was. Yeah, her friend, her her friend is like, is you is like fuck you, <laughs> fuck
2: you. You know that's not her friend anymore. Yeah,
1: no. I mean? <laughs> no, 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 no. But
2: eight she, bones, eight bones in her body were, yeah. were broken, and um, Cynthia McFadden walked her through all of them during yes. that primetime live.
3: But first, we want to talk about the horse and that terrible accident in August in the English countryside near her home on her 47th birthday and it was a lovely ride everything was perfect the sun was shining the sky was blue the birds were singing and my friend said to me oh god you gotta try this horse he rides like a deer and i said really she's like yeah yeah get on him get on him and i said i don't really know how to ride a polo horse no 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 he's so tame he's so lovely but not for long and he just went crazy i said mm-hmm. i can't handle this i'm going down and in those moments i mean are you thinking Christopher Reeve? Are you no, thinking? No, I wasn't thinking that at all. I was like, I'm graceful. I'm a dancer. I'm gonna land. I'm gonna roll. It's gonna be fine. And um, I tried to stand up. My whole skeleton just collapsed on me, and I just fainted. I got up and started to try to walk again. Like I'm okay. Nothing's wrong with me because it was my birthday, and I was not gonna break a bone. Okay, I wasn't gonna be on the injured list. So give me the inventory. <laughs> okay, uh, I broke my collarbone. I broke my scapula in two places. I broke four ribs and I broke my left knuckle, so. Did you cry? I cried a lot. I cried a lot and I cried mostly from pain, because when you can't set bones, it's very painful. Where was Guy? He was with me, but I was in so much pain, I I think I must have screamed at him for so long that he left the room, I'm not really sure. Oh, I just kept screaming, morphine, morphine. (laughs) So what did you tell the kids? I mean, they must have been freaked out, weren't they? No, actually, my daughter was thrilled because it meant that I would just stay in the house all the time. (laughs) Captive mommy. (laughs) Yeah. She said, Mom, can you break your arm more often? Because we get to see more of you, which is not really what I wanted to hear. You are sort of perpetual motion. Yeah. And I guess the universe wanted me to slow down for a minute. So you sort of acted like the lady of the manor. Ish. The grumpy lady of the manor. I was quite grumpy. So it takes eight broken bones to get you to sit still? Yes. I'm sorry to say. I feel sorry for Guy Ritchie (laughs) in a way I never could have imagined. Oh, don't feel sorry for him.
2: And um, and so she's like hurt and taking shots of pain meds to get through the video.
1: Yeah, she she talks about taking like getting this um, shot so that she wouldn't feel the pain, and she says it's pretty stupid of me, but I what was I to do? Yeah, and they were on um, a schedule, she, and you know Madonna and her schedules. They were on a schedule, but
2: the video is really cool. So Dave LaChapelle was supposed to do the video, yeah, and uh, they parted ways early on for artistic. Yeah problems. Yeah,
1: apparently he wanted it to be like kind of a documentary-esque video, and she's like, no.
2: Well, but it does have a kind of like um, voyeur kind of quality to it, because... The video is really. It was directed by um, Johann Rennick. Ultimately. Yes, yes. And I love it because it's it's you know it starts off really simple and very. Who like,
1: had done nothing really matters, by the yeah. way. We should discuss. Yes, yeah. yes.
2: Well, and and you can see that in the close-ups in the dance studio when she's doing her dancing, and you, we're basically the mirror. And right. we can just watch her like emote to us. Um, she comes in in a pink jumpsuit and some tights, <laughs> and she's ready to warm up her with body her boom box. with her
1: boombox. With her boombox, yeah, very
2: seventies, very Saturday Night Fever, yes, very yes. Saturday Night she, Fever.
1: And but I didn't understand totally her story. So she's—is she like she is she practicing for an audition, or is she just like she's just stretching out, or is she? like I
2: think the doctors gave her this this routine she needed to do to kind of strengthen herself back up. Oh,
1: so they were like, you need to do 10 turns across the room. Yes,
2: correct. Correct. <laughs> and, 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 um, and wear, uh, wear pink. Pink is a healing color.
1: Oh, okay. That's why I she's like wearing that. the pink,
2: pink leotard.
1: I feel like she could have been also, um, preparing to audition for a summer stock, uh, Production, production of,
2: of Hello Suckers. Oh, there? I was going to say a chorus line <laughs> a where chorus she was going to play. Well, she would have been a great Sheila Bryan. Yes, this she would is what have been I'm a great saying. Sheila Bryan.
1: So she may have been going up for Sheila. She was like, "All I need is the music in the mirror." No, like, no,
2: that's Cassie. No, oh, Sheila Cassie. sings oh, at oh, the Cassie, ballet. Right. She's oh. the sassy. Oh no, I think one. she would be Cassie. Oh, I'm thir- going to be thirty real soon, and I'm real glad. <laughs> that's Cass. That's Sheila Bryan. Yeah, but Cassie is like Yeah,
1: Madonna's but Cassie's age.
2: a doormat. He was like, "Oh, I'm back in the." chorus because I failed in Hollywood. Madonna's not doing that. But that's that. what
1: Madonna's acting Like she's like, give me somebody to dance for No. <laughs> Sheila Bryant
2: is the bitchy <laughs> one who's funny.
1: And she would be Well Madonna should play both. And that no, would be I one think of the she, I think phrase. what
2: she would wind up doing is saying, I want to play Sheila Bryant. She'd play Sheila Bryant and then she'd be like, But I want to sing what I did for Love at the End. Oh yeah. She'd take it from Priscilla Lopez. <laughs> she would she'd be like, you know what? And you don't get to sing this song. No, but
1: she'd also be like, Can you guys write me a new song?
2: <laughs> mm. What uh, would the new song be? Because you know Sheila doesn't doesn't get chosen. Cassie right. gets right. hired, but Sheila does not. Would it be a song like I don't need your fucking show?
1: Um would yeah. that be the tone of I it? think it would be sort of like um I will survive. It would be an I will survive kind of song.
2: I think the song is about, you know what? I'm gonna write my own show and be the star of it. I don't need to be in the chorus of your show. Right. That's the that's the song. And it's gonna be called Sheila's Show. That's the song oh, title. You
1: think so? I think so. I think it would be called I Can Make It On My Own, Sheila's Show.
2: <laughs> Marvin Hamlish, get come back from the grave and let's write these lyrics. <laughs>
1: That song. Um, do you think Tina would be supportive of Madonna doing this?
2: I think Tina was right off camera, Tina, ready, her re- ready to towel off the boom box because you know it was getting wet <laughs> <laughs> yeah things
1: were getting serious
2: but meanwhile while Madonna is like rehearsing this we're seeing all these different kinds of dancers and all these different kind of worlds through London it's not of, just London not just London they filmed
1: it in Paris and in LA wow. as well um, and yes we see some dancers that were just on the
2: reinvention tour yeah and- Cloud is Daniel Cloud Campos is back, baby. He's at like a restaurant, which I'm presuming is a Chinese restaurant. Yeah. And and, or, you know, I don't. um, They're 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 mopping up after work and then they hear the song and they were going out. They start
1: to go dance. We also meet for the first time Miss Prissy, who is one of the dancers who had been featured in David LaChapelle's film Rise one of my favorite parts where they're like hanging out at the bus stop, and then um, somebody drives up playing the song, and they just go crazy.
2: I love Well, and I love that. It's because it, the, the, that's all about the power of the song. It's yes. just like, I hear a song on the radio, we're going out. It's like a yes. sign from the heavens.
1: I love that they get into this car. They don't know. I don't, I, maybe they know how to person a is. Lot of
2: There's pe- a lot of cars in this cycle, yes. and a lot of just jumping into pe- strangers' cars. Yeah,
1: let's go on a ride. Hey. But that's what Madonna's saying. And, and she talks about this Take too. A She's chance. like I. Just stranger. To, totally. Good <laughs> going, stranger. Good
2: going, stranger. She's like, get in the
1: car. Let's go. Let's, Let's go. go. Yeah. So they get in this car, though. They're obviously somewhere in like L.A. They get in the car and they end up in London at this club. And have you, you ever seen them when they get out of the car and they look around like, where the fuck what are we? How did the
2: hell did we get it. to London? I love it.
1: Um, Madonna is walking down the street with her broken arm. <laughs> <laughs> carefully tucked into her gorgeous leather jacket. Uh, Again, another gorgeously styled moment. Strutting down the street. that's all. She
2: looks behind, like she, uh, well, she, she, cruises, yeah. she cruises him back. Yes,
1: yes. I love that. I love it. Oh.
2: And I love the subtext of like, Madonna is a mother of two and married and all set up, and yet she's still going out with the kids.
1: I love it. She, and she is. She's going out. She's like, I can still throw down, baby. And I'm going to meet my girls and we're going to go out. She's got the reddish hair which is oh. which is new but also on brand for this which is, looks fabulous yeah. throughout. The reddish blonde I guess we call it. And then we're in the club and she's just going for it. She's going crazy oh with the my dancing. Gosh, They're love. doing dance dance revolution. The, right.
2: Yeah, and I love that that moment in the in the subway. The the woman that kind of takes over, and she kind of gives everybody a wink, does her moves, and then walks off.
1: Yeah. Then she shows up in the sorry video yeah. driving the van. Oh, totally. Um, <laughs> yes. um, hey, just as like a, um, a sort of timeline. Yeah. So. This single was released in September 2005. Yes, right around my birthday.
2: It was like a little present. Of course. It was a little present for Mark. It's gorgeous.
1: So we're in the fall cycle, the the last quarter of the year. Yeah. Uh, A month later, she releases I'm Gonna Tell You a Secret. Yes. And then, so that's in October, and then November, she releases the album. Correct. So this is a very, very busy time and all the promo for this out for covers this album, everything both things yes. and so it's kind of a lot
2: well and it's i think it's really smart too because i uh, uh, as much as i love i'm gonna tell you a secret um and we talked a lot about it at the end of last season it, it's it's kind of not as sexy and right. exciting and it's from something that happened like over a year and a half before. Yeah, totally. So it's kind of like like the the album is like the the hook to get everybody yes. interested and then she can kind of follow up with, with and I've got a movie coming out.
1: But also that the movie was, you know, originally positioned as being and she talks about this as like Truth or Dare Part Two. Yeah. And we talked about this when we, we talked about it, I'm gonna tell you a secret. Like it kind of you can see how that was where they started and then the movie morphs into this morphs other thing into this she other talks thing. about. She talks you know, I forgot until we were re watching all this stuff again, like how much she does talk about Kabbalah and the spiritual yeah. elements in yeah. this cycle.
2: Well, and I think it sets you all up also up for the actual album, because for the, for all of the kind of pop juiciness of that first half, it really is a heavy album about Big spiritual ideas. Yes, she talks a lot about the devil. This, yeah. the, you know, there's a lot of things about the devil. No, and beware of the devil. And you have to have the devil, and you know, there's lots of devils coming around, and lots of that kind of like you um, warnings. And so, I think that a lot of the Kabbalah stuff kind of lays the groundwork for people to hear that on the album.
1: I guess, but I feel like I didn't really. This is where I feel like the album has grown. The depth of the album has um, been interesting to me, especially as we're looking at it more critically now. Yeah, because I think when it first came out, I yeah I heard all of that, but I wasn't really connecting it. I was no, just no, no, like, no. "This is a party album." No,
2: no, no. I and and I think that that's the secret. That's the secret to its success. It was like almost like it was this like. Spiritual album dressed in sheep's clothing. Yeah, yeah, that's what yeah. I was
1: saying. Yeah, like that it's sort of hiding underneath, but it's really, it's really not hiding. No, it's just sort of, um, like, I think this also goes to what you're saying at the beginning about like people think of this as a really queer, gay album. And like, that was sort of how we saw it at the time. It's a superficial
2: reading of it, I think.
1: Absolutely. Because think we're getting, we're
2: getting like the, it's like, it's like if the lighting is gay, then it's gay. Yeah. And then, yeah. but the, like, actually, what's actually being written about is not
1: correct not at all specifically about queerness or you know but there are lots of themes that we can pull out that we can connect to as gay people right yeah this Um, is who
2: i am you can like it or not
1: but for example you know when we're thinking about like a really gay song like you know um from a female diva like you know i think like um padam padam is like such a gay song
2: Okay. You don't think I, so? I'm not. I'm not walking down that path with you, Kenny. I'm so sick of padam padam. <laughs>
0: Uh, <laughs> it's so silly, <laughs> it's, so silly. <laughs> it's so silly but
1: like clearly and specifically positioned to be to be a queer, a, to be a gay you know thing. queer summer yeah. song que-
2: which uh, is great which is great
1: awesome great. love it great. love it
2: i think of better queer summer songs like what when love takes over wrong <gasps> <Gally laughs> uh, yeah yes. like, you know those kinds of things oh, when yes. love takes over to me is the ultimate oh. queer summer
0: that's a great David
2: one. Getta and Kelly Rowland. Yes.
0: It's complicated, it always is. That's just the
2: This morning it's three minutes and 28 seconds and it's out it's
0: perfect perfect perfect
2: um madonna went everywhere into the, the 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 number of weird promo things she did on oh this oh my god it's like exhausting I w- i'm
1: i'm exa- we i mean i i i called you one night i was like are we gonna watch all <laughs> the fucking interviews because there's literally like 82 hours 82 of, hours um she did stuff that was sometimes very specifically about confessions, and she did stuff that was very specifically for "I'm going to tell you a secret." Yeah. Like her visit to Hunter
2: College. Oh my gosh, the Hunter! And I remember I've forgotten about the Hunter College. <laughs> she goes to she goes to Hunter College, and they're doing a screening for the students. And Jonas Ackerland is the promised. The director's going to come, right. and the Madonna shows up.
1: Yeah, and takes questions, and <laughs> she's all wearing this gorgeous black outfit. This is the day where she changes her clothes like six five times. times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and she just answers questions about the film and about filmmaking and and Kabbalah, Kabbalah, and the students. When but there's the moment that they capture in this like video that I sent you that we saw that um, where they go and now here's Madonna and the audience because these it's just these kids they know you know they're like what what the fuck and when Madonna and they get up and are like screaming I started to cry because I was like <laughs> I put myself like in the position of them like I was like if I were in fucking class like film class and we had to watch a Madonna movie which would have been my greatest joy to get to see and then there's fucking Madonna like I would literally that close just being like let's talk about filmmaking
2: and what this film was like well mind? I loved the guy that um, that had dropped out and still got oh my into god the class. Like, Madonna, um,
1: my name is Troy Jonas, I
3: come to- up
2: here
1: I actually got kicked out of this school, but I got was still on the email list and wound up here today for you. I'm so happy. Um,
3: Why did you get kicked out?
1: Um, I had a bad semester or a bad couple semesters, but... Um,
3: would you like to... Would you, would you care to elaborate on that? What does bad semester mean?
1: Like I did bad in a couple classes.
3: Like you didn't show up?
1: Um, Maybe. <laughs>
3: Okay, well, you might have a a future in directing.
1: I just want to talk about Motorola ad that she does, which comes out before the album release. Hung Up is playing in the commercial yes, as, like, background, but we don't really know what the song is. But it's all really about introducing this, like... Device where one you can
2: thing f- that could have everybody in it, and so they pile 100 everybody. songs
1: on your phone, yeah. And so they have this like phone booth where people keep famous people keep getting into this phone booth with Madonna, and it's like, um, little Richard is in there, um, <laughs> the red hot chili pepper, well, they're not in
2: there all together, like they film them climbing, right, in, course. but not everybody. But then
1: they have this image of like they're all like pushed in there. So at the very end of the video, the commercial, which is like the worst and funniest thing, <laughs> Madonna's like, her
0: face is
2: like <laughs> smushed together. She is the biggest contemporary star in this video. Like,
1: she, like, yeah. Well, it's Madonna and then all these other, but little Richard, I mean, I yeah. mean, there's, but all their faces are like smushed against the side of this thing. And then, like, she looks out and we see this, like, big figure coming towards it. She's like, Biggie Smalls? No! (laughs) Like you can't fit in here, you'll kill us, and I'm like, this is so wrong. Oh, and the number one
3: You gotta be kidding. Biggie! No!
2: A hundred tunes in your phone, baby. Hello,
0: Moto. So, that's that.
2: Okay. It, that's such a quaint time too, because when you were talking about the MP3, <laughs> yeah. I just because uh, I was the same way. I mean, I think did we have Nanos yet or iPods?
1: N- I maybe they were just about to come in, just
2: about to. Because because remember, John Norris asks her about a Madonna
1: oh, iPod, right? Right? Like, right. are we
2: gonna get a Madonna iPod? Oh, and she's God. like, "Let's talk about MTV, because." and this is the fine this to me feels like the final heyday of MTV really being a partner in plugging a Madonna record because he she does like four shows yeah, really yeah. on MTV this really is like the last Kind of time, that yeah. Because when we get a to major... four
1: minutes, or you know, yeah. the next album cycle, it's not really the same, yeah, yeah. But she
2: does, she does an uncut with um, John Norris, yeah, was so annoying. What a queen!
1: Well, he, she really sets him off, like, cause she, like, she, like, really disses his clothing, yes. at the beginning.
3: Well, he looks. What is he wearing? You got dressed up, I see. <laughs> Sorry. S- do you always? What? Does this what? Like a slob? Um. Uh... I'm sorry. Are you going to be... I don't know. Are you going to do a guest appearance on that 70s show? <laughs> Whatever. This is I, actually, like, I could do a guest like, appearance on that 70s show. You need to I'm a couple albums behind. You right? need a blowout. You, you need a Okay. No. You I need a... Have you ever blown dry your hair?
1: There's totally rolling on this, too. i like, on the DV. So,
3: we, do we have secrets? Secrets among friends? <laughs> gonna, Just be
1: cognizant of your leg going to the... To be cognizant leg. of your leg. Well, can I cross my leg? Yeah, if your legs yeah. like that. I
3: don't think he knows what cognizant means. Yeah, he does. He me that. He knows that. Now she me... All right. So I. So now I. I Complicated. I I, you feel like yeah, self-conscious okay, like about your clothes? Mm-hmm. You're not dressed like a slob. It's just not. It's cute. It's, it's Western. Two records ago.
1: He was trying to be cool and he fucked it up. Oh my god. But he's god. a little annoyed. He's sort of. He's sort of like the Kim Cattrall to her in this, where he's like. I'm the star and she's like no I'm Madonna like this is about me so but he's sort of like trying to match her in some yeah, ways yeah. and it's not quite right but he gets her you know she talks about a lot of sh- she talks openly about everything it's just not that compelling of a time well and
2: and that's the thing that that's the thing that I think is really kind of shocking about all of these like yes there's all these interviews yes there's all this stuff and they're all really boring like yeah. Madonna hits her points this this feels to me like the Madonna machine coloring in the lines not wanting to say anything controversial wanting to plug it wanting to say everything she's even diplomatic about when they say why are you so, so controversial and she's always yeah. kind of like I just do my own thing and I ask questions and people find that controversial
1: yeah i think in that way she well she's sort of look she uh, she literally just went through the cycle. Like it, it's not that long since she did American Life, yeah, and yeah. you know she it's it's been less than a year since she was on tour. Like she's just she's uh, and let's so just th- get it
2: done. Let's just get it done. She's
1: showing up. She's doing this stuff. She's funny at times. She laughs. She. But she's not revealing a lot. That's too un, you know. That's
2: new. No, um, no. And, and I think I think she also is leaving it to. I think it. Most of these interviews, what struck me was it says more about the journalists and the people asking the questions than actually Madonna. Hmm. And I really felt like like Cynthia McFadden and, and and the 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 Primetime Live was a really good example of Madonna kind of being playful and fun. They gave her the camera to show oh like, yeah. backstage like her real life, which yeah. I thought was kind of. Clever and fun, and yeah, um, we eat the same thing for breakfast. We eat some kind of oatmeal gruel kind of thing. Yeah, that's you know, what right? I have for breakfast. Yeah, yeah, it's very good for you. Sheldon
1: makes oatmeal every morning. Oh, that's
2: nice. I'm on this new kick of soaking my oats overnight, so oh. I have like a nice, like, oh. a little bit of all, au- and make it cold because oh. I'm kind of over traditional oats.
1: Oh, well, you have to have Sheldon's oats because he makes them with. Um, he cuts up bananas, two bananas. And he puts them in with the oats per bowl,
2: cook. or no, for, with,
1: for, for both for both of us. Okay, okay. Uh, for the day's oatmeal, he okay. eats a lot more oatmeal than I do because I don't need that much. Because it really, like, really flushes my system out, and if I have too much. <laughs> It's gonna happen um, all day. I'm just oh, at great. this age where oh, like, wonderful.
2: That's really great. it well, keeps hear. me regular, but maybe <laughs> maybe more
1: than regular if I have too much. So but he,
2: Madonna has to go. Excuse me, I gotta step away from a minute.
1: Yeah, the oats are
2: are. Well, pushing remember they went the break? They bring her the hot the French fries. Wait. Thirty
1: second break for Madonna. gonna
3: Oh, what? Yeah. I haven't eaten cookies. Yeah. I'm fine. Just told just a little
0: bit. Oh, you guys, you're too nice. Should we put
3: Thank. it on her little lid lich- yeah. square? No, so I'm just I'm- just right no, no. I, oh, fe- I don't want fe- to stop this man. He's been so kind. Okay,
0: I'm
3: going to bring it to the table. <clears throat> Thank you. Oh, put it right here. Yes. You want any French fries?
1: No, I'm fine, I'm fine, really.
3: I don't know why they're stuffing me. <gasps> <clears throat> mm. it's strange. Wait, they want me to get fat, I guess. No,
2: I, I, I. I, I, So, so she's doing all these boring interviews in all these fabulous offices. I think it's interesting though, because you know, like uh, John Norris asks her a question about not being as connected with the gay community, and the fact that she and she's very kind of cold with her answer. Having a a really dance-oriented record,
1: club-oriented record, especially in this country, Mm -hmm. that means well. That translates
3: to dancing to a great well to a, to a large extent gay community mm-hmm. do you think that because i i sense a perception among some in the gay community that there may
1: compared to 10 15 years ago that, that you may put some distance between yourself and that community in the recent years well not
3: intentionally so? no no
1: just a function of
3: well i prefer i don't know no? i'm i'm not i, don't I can't know.
1: speak for those people but i've certainly heard that that you know mm-hmm. is, is she does she care about us anymore kind of thing
3: Uh, Of course I do. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very uh, appreciative and grateful to um, my fan base that's been so loyal to me in the gay community. Right. So, yeah.
1: Not true. Well, what is that about? Because I was like, he's like, well, some have accused you of really not, you know, paying attention to your gay community, which I don't understand.
2: Neither do I, but I also, I think... I think that we really haven't talked much about Guy Ritchie, but the Guy Ritchie factor yeah. is kind of in play at this point. Yeah, and I do think um, a lot about American life and reinvention wasn't very queer,
1: for sure. For and sure. So
2: there is, you know, there is a kind of, and I think that she's clearly in this record and certainly this song. Um, it reaching out to all communities. There's yeah. so much diversity. There's so many different p- kinds of people uh shown in the video and show she's reaching out to everybody and she's doing these gay clubs pr- yeah. for promos. Yeah. Like I think it's a fair question to ask. I'm not so sure it- it's relevant though because she you know she is still Madonna Madonna. Yeah. You know
1: Yeah, I thought it was a weird question and I thought he was trying to get her to, you know, rile something up and she yeah, I thought I thought that she She like shut it down. Yeah. She's like, no, I've always been appreciative of all my fans and I'm you know, but you know, she didn't play into it, which I thought was yeah, weird that he did that. Yeah. Um she does of the promo stuff before we get onto like the live shows where she does it like, you know, on tour, um, what is your favorite Promo performance have hung up, or do they all blend together for you?
2: They all blend together, but the one I love the most is the one with the gorillas at the Grammys. Yeah, I think that was so fun and so cheeky. I thought it was a stunt when they announced it. It was a stunt at the time. I was like, this is like so silly, and I wasn't a big fan of uh, like. Like, I like Gorillaz as a band. I think it, I, that song they did was, you know, yeah, I'm good. happy, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I loved that. And I love Damon Albarn. I think he's a a, a sexy little British man. But um, I thought it was just so much fun and so cute. And it also kind of made it... Um, she still has the sense of humor that, yeah. that, I, that I want her to have. And kind of there's an innocence about it that makes it sweet.
1: I agree. I like that one a lot too. And then it then she's you know? And she looks, uh, she's in the Sari, her hair is Long and blonde like in the Sari video It's And it's sort of the same silhouette It's the same outfit she wears in the Sari video Just a different color yeah. She looks fantastic, she's playing with the audience You know, the sort of staged audience In the front that's there to like scream And yell yeah, at her yeah. But then when she goes on Ellen, because she goes on the Ellen show Immediately after her performance <laughs> right? Like she literally leaves the Grammys And goes to another studio on the lot Where Ellen is having like a live reaction Action show to the Grammys, and Ellen's like, "Oh, you know that was amazing," and she's like, "Thanks, whatever." And um, and Madonna says like, "Oh, you know I pick." I think Ellen asked her a question. She's like, "I picked some guy in the audience who was like screaming crazily at me, and I sang the whole song to him." Like, that was how she did. And I yeah. was like, oh, of course she did. And I fucking love that. And I wish that had been me.
2: Well, and I wish she, then Ellen had pulled you from the audience and had and you brought there you right in. now. He so now. that you could be interviewed and how oh you felt. And g- can you imagine getting all of that, though? Like, imagine the energy coming towards Died. this homosexual. Dying. That's screaming and freaking out. I mean. Isn't that when she also announced she was touring? She- Does she announce it then? I think think she
1: does on Ellen's show. She does announce
2: that, hey, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to confess. I have have a confession. I have a confession to make.
1: Always Madonna on theme. On theme. I know you roll your eyes when I say this, but, you know, there was news right after she left the Ellen show that she was actually rushed to the hospital because she she had a hernia and had to have a quick little procedure. Oh.
2: Well, she. I mean, we we should talk about you know because the we, we kind of just skated over the the broken bones and stuff. Um, she lost a ton of weight. Like she's yeah. very very thin all during this cycle, and it's and it's and it's not a um, unhealthy thin, but it's very lean.
1: Yes, leaner than even when she was on the tour, and she says, "Well, I haven't I haven't been able to work out because I've been you know recovering." Yeah. Um, and nothing with my
2: arms cuz she broke her right. arm and all of that. Stuff.
1: This was like that t- I don't know if this if you recall this and I don't know where even I get this from. This is totally rumor. Yeah. Um that this was when she was starting to do some things to try to speed up the healing that were some of these like oxygen yes. tanky yeah, things. Yeah, all of that's happening. Um, oh yeah, and so it's this all is happening. all starting to like come into like, you know, Madonna's turned and you know, she's becoming part of that elite society of crazy superstars who have access to crazy things that they can do. And you
2: don't have time. You don't have time to sit and wait. Like, you're on a schedule. And that's the thing. Like, the reality is is that, I mean, I think you know, not to talk too much about our current situation, but I think you know, she had a schedule like that, everything was booked after her birth when she broke her. Yeah, she yeah. really can't change all that. And you just see all the working pieces. Yeah, of they're working around it. Everything yeah. has to kind of work together. And, yeah. Because um, there's a rollout coming. But you know, it's crazy
1: because I think about like the body and healing and like, you know, how do you actually heal when you're moving that fast? You well, know? you
2: know, and, and, and it's interesting because like I remember. Um, I'm I'm very I'm a, a very physical person. I love to uh, work out and run and be active. I have run on injuries. Um, you know, I've, I've had injuries and pains and stuff, and you just kind of push through it. Yeah. And I think uh, there's a period where you can do that very easy, not easily. It still hurts. But at some point, you've either got to like slow down and let it do what it needs to do or accept that it's going to be limited. Yeah. I feel like. Yeah. And I feel like they you know and I think for Madonna there was definitely a sense of okay, we're not going to stop. We're going to adjust so that I can pull it off and then eventually I'll right heal. <laughs> right. But we'll limit it more.
1: Yeah, and that could be why, like, there were so many interviews on a, a single day because they were maybe limiting the amount of time that she's out, and then she can have other times where she can recover. Oh. Hey, let's talk about God. We, you know, we we had made a commitment that this episode would only be thirty, <laughs> 30 minutes. Cut to we We're probably at like minute eighty-two now. That's fine. That's yeah, fine. We have fine. Any,
2: Yeah, it's fine. There's lots yeah. to talk about. It's there hung is. up.
1: We haven't. Uh, so maybe we want to talk about remixes.
2: Yeah, let's talk about the remixes. Uh, The remixes. So um, Confessions is an album where I feel like the record company got it, Warner got it, and they were like, let's remix this bitch because the remixes are fabulous. I love these remixes.
1: Well, this is where where I feel like the album does have a gay vibe to it because the remixes are like so sweet and so good. Tracy Young is back. Everyone's back. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I think they also... I, I love all the remixes. There's not yeah. one remix that I'm like, eh, about. But I will say the challenge of remixing an album that was already essentially a remix- Album. Yeah, yeah. is really interesting. Um, and so some of them, a lot of them, the best ones really play close to the form yeah. of the bones of the original song. Um, what's your favorite remix? Mine
2: of- mine is this, the DJ C. Huss and uh, Cabello's remix. Oh. I love that remix. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I love it. I think it's so fresh. I think it's so sexy. Chus and cebolas.
1: guys are really cute yeah did you look up any pictures of them uh
2: hell yeah i did they're Spanish. from spain yeah. they're from spain they
1: broke up in 2020 Ugh. they had like some kind of like it, i don't think it was a person i mean it was personal but like um but yeah super cute the it's interesting. i like
2: it because it stretches the song out and it breaks uh-huh. it down and my 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 solution to these kinds of things is break it up and and kind of link le- let it let the pieces kind of Break apart, uh-huh. as opposed to try and reinventing what, what's already there. Interesting. And I love that about it.
1: For this song, I didn't love that that much. I I I, I was like I, I found this that mix a little busy for me. Mm. But I also appreciate it. I appreciate it. I really like, um, well, the one that's my favorite is Stuart Price's um, extended dub.
0: Yeah. The
1: extended dub specifically. I don't know why. I just love, like, it doesn't need the vocals because the music is so powerful. And when we hear her voice, it's great. I I guess I love that one sentimentally because I put it into our um, wedding playlist.
2: Nice. And I remember very
1: specifically like I used that because I made of course I made the the set that the DJ just had to play on their computer. And like I remember that this song when it came on my friend Cynthia was like Oh, right before it came on, my friend Cynthia is like, can you introduce me to your dad? I've never met your dad. So we're like talking to my dad and they're starting to talk and then the song comes on. I'm like, you guys, it's the dub version of Hung Up
0: and <laughs> we all go. need to go.
1: I was like, talk amongst yourselves. I've waited. This is my wedding and I'm gonna go dance for Hour seven minutes. three has yeah. arrived. Sheldon's <laughs> nowhere to be found. Like, and I'm just like
2: on the dance floor, spinning in circles. <laughs>
0: oh, <laughs> Kenny.
2: You just got married so you could play the, the, CD, the CDB dub mix. Totally.
1: I don't really think that, I think that may have been the only Madonna song I put on the mix. I I must have put one really? more I can't remember Not now. even
2: Holiday or Cherish?
1: <laughs> no, I didn't put Holiday or Cherish It was really a hardcore dance mix
2: Did you solicit other people's
1: requests? For no your- <laughs> First of all, I have fabulous tastes in music No, I kn- and, you have and fabulous tastes so I was taste like, this is my job I know how to build this crowd
2: I get asked to contribute, so like, what songs do you want to hear on the on the DJ mix? I always include two songs. Yeah, I always include "Into the Groove" by Madonna. So there's definitely going to be a Madonna song on the mix. Yeah, and then I also include Kenny Rogers and Sheena Easton's duet "We Got Tonight." Oh yeah, because I love it, and I love it's about having sex we got tonight who needs tomorrow let's Let's make make it it last last,
0: babe
2: why don't you stay i mean i love it and it's about fucking and i think it's important on your wedding day to remind people we gotta fuck tonight (laughs) so i always put it i always ask to put it on the mix
1: you know i think it's important we didn't fuck on our wedding night
2: nobody does this is the thing everyone is so exhausted and so tired and yeah. so like busy with everything going yeah, on. Yeah, it's a
1: very unsexy it, time. It's not
2: a sexy it's it's a it's a it's a it's a um it's a time for an event.
1: But maybe when we have our fifteenth anniversary, we will have instead of a uh, like a wedding, like a anniversary party, we'll have an orgy.
2: Okay. All right. I'll, I'll Obviously, wait you that. won't be invited. I won't. To that. I'll wait for that invitation.
1: You won't <laughs> be invited, but I'll tell you all about it.
2: Oh, that sounds like a great way to celebrate your fifteenth anniversary. Fifteenth anniversary gangbang. What's the um? What's the <laughs> gift when you turn what, for fifteen? Come. Oh, my no. No. Actually, I don't know. Oh my god. <laughs>
1: I don't know what the gift is. You don't we know. Just cel- no, we just celebrated our. Twelfth yeah. anniversary, yeah, and the the gift was it was supposed to be or the things wasn't were, it
2: pearls or something? Well,
1: pearls was one. It was either pearls or satin or or <laughs> satin linen, sheets. linen, linen. I think. And so, the luxury, um, so so fun. Fine. Um, All right. So, other remixes, though, I think that the Tracy Young remix I like a lot. Um, I like how in all the great Tracy Young remixes, like at a certain point, it just sort of breaks into something else and goes on its own journey and but it's around the five minute mark where she starts to break it down yeah yeah Yeah, good remixes.
2: I think I think it's a, I, and I and I wonder now, like like, God, it 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 was so it, it's so planned out in the way that you know. This is a great rollout. This was a great rollout of the album and the song. Um, The live versions, uh, I don't want to get too into them because we're going to talk about them when we get to those concerts. Yes, yes. So, and, and again, I was kind of dismayed that the Confessions one is basically the same as all of the performances she had done with the the kind of imploring all the different sides of the audience yes. to sing time goes so by good. so slowly. So good. Just keeps going. Just keeps going.
1: Oh, I could listen to that forever. Though.
2: Oh my gosh. Love, and i don't know if we'd ever get i don't know if we'll ever get a traditional version of it again because she did it so much in yeah. so many different ways and so many different times the same way that i'm i'm just i'm so confused but like like i'm anxious to see how it plays into current madonna world yeah um if it's going to be the Takesha mix or if it's going to kind of how is she gonna interpret it in a real way? Because I feel like even like the MDNA performance, it's kind of hung up, but it's also abbreviated, you know, yeah. It, it, yeah. it's you know, it's a very interesting thing.
1: What's your favorite version? Slide version. Oh my gosh.
2: I really like the rock version that seems to be sweet.
0: Mm-hmm. I
2: really do. <laughs> Of love the it shows the strength of the song really without necessarily relying on the ABBA mix. The ABBA thing, the ABBA sample lifts it, as I said, but like it's still a kick ass song when it's just kind of the guitars and the synths and yeah, everything. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, I yeah. I like that too. It's really cool. Yeah, I think the fun of seeing it at Coachella was also really a great. One, yeah, um, you know, that whole just the energy of that is great, and she looks phenomenal. She
2: yeah, she and she is healed by then. Yes. By the time she gets to Coachella, she's like, okay. Yeah, she's fully in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, this the, the and this was like this was like one of her big big these, this is one of the big hits and really yeah. the last big radio hit. Well, 4
1: minutes is a pretty big hit. Yeah. Um I mean, I think but, this one it was a gigantic commercial hit. It was number 7 on the charts in America, number 1 on the dance charts, um huge around the world. Um, you know, um, so yeah, it was a huge, huge, undeniable hit, and had the familiarity because of the ABBA uh, riff that people were like, "Oh, I know this already." It already fit. It was like as if it had always been there, you know.
2: And, and to this day, I think this is a song that, like, when you go up to a DJ and you say, "Hey, can you play a Madonna song?" They're there, they may play this song. And anytime I hear it being played, people run yeah. to the cl- to yeah. the floor.
0: Yeah, it's all undeniable. these years.
2: I mean, it's eighteen years now that Ugh. we've had this song, that's and that's crazy. wonderful. Yeah. <sighs> well, I am. Um... Till next time.